Hi, and welcome to a bonus episode of Podcaster Stories. This episode is from my previous show, uh, Life Through a Dram, which I sunsetted earlier this year to fully concentrate on podcaster stories. In it, I speak to Josh Curvin, a friend and a, a colleague who I've known for a few years, who's a green industry pro over in the US. Josh runs a podcast called the WeScape podcast that talks about both the green industry um, itself and also um, dealing with mental health issues while, you know, trying to raise a family and run a, a solo business. It's a real interesting chat with a lot of uh, great takeaways both for business owners and for people that have mental health issues. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story, what motivates them, why they started their show, how they grew their show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. I'd say the focus of being conscious now and admitting to myself that, you know, there's issues and I have to focus and I have to figure myself out and, you know, lot, not let things consume me. And I think one of the biggest things for me in business was figuring out and, and developing the ability to take the emotion out of business. And that's a lot of what I did is through the day, I would, you know, a bad phone call, I'd carry with that with me all day. Um, you know, my numbers were down for the quarter. I, you know, I'd, I'd be flipping out. Um, and, and it's good to be like that. So you're conscious of what your business is doing, but at the end of the day, you have to cut that cord and realize you don't take that with you. You know, welcome to life through a dram where Danny Brown shares his take on life, being a better person and appreciating the here and now all accompanied by a dram and a fine single malt whiskey. And now here's your host, Danny Brown. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Life Through a Dram. This week, I've got a return guest uh, from an earlier show this year, uh, Josh Curvin, who, when he was on the last time, we spoke about his mental health uh, battles, if you like, um, and, you know, his growing up and his time, you know, in various uh, uh, institutions and how he's, you know, overcome that to launch a successful business. Um, Today on a catch-up call, or a catch-up chat, I guess. Uh, we're going to sort of revisit that a bit and talk about how that plays into entrepreneurship and how you know dealing with mental health issues uh, plays into running and growing a business. So, Josh, welcome to the show. Um, it's been a while. It has, Danny. How you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. And I know when we were uh, chatting just before the, the show here, you were saying that, that the weather sort of kept you fairly quiet the last uh, month or so. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So we're, uh, we, we usually gauge to, to really focus on snow work, uh, over here in Northeast Massachusetts from January to about March. And, uh, it's been pretty mild, uh, this winter. So we haven't been having much action as far as getting out and, uh, doing any snow removal. <laughs> That's it. I can, I can imagine. And like you say, I mean, we had a, a whole bunch here, so I'll try send some your way if you want. That's, <laughs> That'd be uh, perfect. I was happy to do that. So Josh, for, um, for any of the guests, um, or sorry, any of the listeners, that um, you know aren't aware of you or didn't catch up with the last show, etc. Uh, how about introducing yourself a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, definitely. Um, so again, I'm Josh Caribbean. Uh, I live in Northeast Massachusetts, um, and I own a, uh, a landscape construction company over here that services uh, about 20 miles around of uh, the greater Boston area. 
Um, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, I kind of spoke briefly about uh, my battles with uh, mental health, childhood trauma, and kind of developing into a, uh, a grown-up and the obstacles that that took. And uh, I think that's what we're going to chat a little bit about today is, uh, you know, overcoming the past couple of years and growing into the person I'm in today and, you know, how developing uh, strategies of um, dealing with mental health um, helps me to get where I am today. No, God, and I'm really looking forward to that. I know it's something that a lot of people, especially in the industry that you're in, uh, and seeing some of the discussions from green industry professionals, um, it's certainly you know uh, a, a topic that's very much you know high on a lot of people's agenda at the moment. So I'm looking forward to the chat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, as is our want, uh, I'm not sure because I know it's like morning where you are. It's getting close to lunchtime where I am, so I'm having a sneaky little dram today for the show. Um, but it's a very mild one. It's just like a more twelve year old. Um, are you? Taking anything today, or are you? I, I being am. Good? Actually, um, in, in light of the uh, coronavirus, I'm having a corona. <laughs> nice, well played. Well, I shall cheers you to that and enjoy the corona. Schlangemar. Cheers. So, um, Josh, you mentioned in the, the, your intro there um, that you you know you built up a landscape business, um, but you've also you know you deal with mental health issues, um, you know, uh, fr- from growing up and you know where you are today. So, h- how long have you been? dealing with mental health, your personal mental health, and how long have you been in business now? How have the two sort of co-joined each other? So I've been in business for myself uh, about five years now. Um, And as far as the mental health, um, honestly, it was never addressed ever. Um, It was just in the past two years uh, that I really started to kind of see the light and and really focusing on what was happening around me. as far as like business, family, friendships, um, things that weren't going well. I was having a lot of hiccups um, in my marriage. I was having hiccups uh, in, in business. And I was so quick to react uh, in the in defense mechanism to aggressively find the answer. I needed to know the answer right there. And um, <clears throat> it wasn't working. So I don't know what it was, some sort of epiphany that uh, I remember the week before July 4th, two years ago, uh, I, just lying there and, and really just you know, self-reflection and uh, trying to figure out exactly what was going on and, and why these things were happening, you know, why business was booming, but I wasn't happy. I was always aggravated and mad, constantly fighting with my wife, bickering with my children. They didn't want to be around me. Um, guys that were working for me were always walking on eggshells when I was around. So um, it, it, it definitely took a little bit of self-reflection uh, two years ago and, and really kind of waking up and it wasn't all at once it was it was gradually that you know you start to notice things and as you sit back and really take time um you can see how things change around you when you know you 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 present yourself a certain way right and and you mentioned obviously it's a gradual thing um and you had that kind of epiphany two years ago leading up to that had people tried to tell you um to either you know seek help or maybe you need to speak to someone because they're not really sure, you know, how to help or was it something that you were dealing with on your own really? Um, I, I would say it was kind of a denial that nothing was wrong. Uh, you know, the people weren't going with the flow of what I wanted and how it would work. And um, there were people, you know, my, my wife would constantly tell me that, you know, I, I put a lot of my plate, I put a lot of pressure on myself that I should, you know, talk to a therapist or chat with someone. And uh, I, I didn't really have the people around me that would push to like really talk about emotions and feelings and, 
you know, stresses. It was more or less like, you, you know, how were the Sox or the Pats in the game last night? You know, quick part job, <laughs> just one, two. And, and that's cool and all, but you, I mean, you, you definitely, I've learned now that, you, you know, you could do that, but you definitely want to have those gates open um, when you, when you have something going on in your life and you, you're not able to talk to a spouse or a partner um, about things like that. Right. And, and that's, that's such a key message as well. It's, I think because of the stigma, obviously, that still surrounds, you know, mental health discussions, um, it's really hard to open up and, and talk. Uh, and unless, as you mentioned, unless you have the people that understand, you know, what you're going through or kind of understand what you're going through, it can be hard to, to get that courage, if you like, to, to reach out to a professional for help. Oh, and that's for sure. And I'm going to actually go back real quick on, I talked about being in survival mode uh, on the last episode I was on. And, and and that's kind of where that came into play. So I, I'd say I had a lot of stuff that I dealt with as a teenager growing up. And from the time of, you know, getting through that to, you know, becoming a young adult with, with a child, there wasn't much time to self-reflect on things that were going on or things that happened to me in the past or uh, why I was where I was at that time. It was more or less like, okay, you dealt with the, the juvenile detention detention centers and institutions. Now it's time to man up and become a man and figure those things out on your own. And and you know you think that you you have things figured out and they're going. But again, it's just survival mode. You're you're going by instinct. You're doing what you have to do to get by. And honest to God, I mean that carried all throughout my twenties. I'm thirty four, going to be thirty five in a few weeks. And that carried up until I was thirty. And um, it, 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 I look back at it now, and it was just it was ignorant of myself to not take a step back and say, Hey, wow, things aren't working. You're literally just getting by with, with techniques that you created and self-taught yourself as a 15, 16, 17 year old in the system. And, you know, but as a man, you know, what excuses are you making for yourself now that you did when you're 17 that don't really work? And uh, yeah, definitely, you know, getting out of that survival mode and being able to say, Hey, you know, I I need to talk to someone. um, It's hard. It's hard for a lot of people because it's, it's, you're not going to admit that something's wrong when you have those traits about you that, you know, you, you do what you have to do to survive. And I'll be straight up with you. I mean, I, I signed up for therapy two years ago and I'm on a break from it right now. And I'll get into that. Why? But the therapy was probably one of the best things and there is stigma behind it, you know, and it wasn't one of those things where you sit on a, a couch and, you know, they ask if, if, you know, uncle Bob touched you as a kid, <laughs> it, it, it's more or less organizing your thoughts and, that was one of the biggest things I had trouble with. And even going into business was organizing my thoughts. You know, I, I deal with uh, ADHD and, you know, that's been a culprit that's, that's kind of set me back a little bit, but I've learned to live with it and adjust and, and adjust my mind to, you know, my thinking process. And uh, being able to to sit back and actually realize that now definitely helps. Right. And, and it's interesting you mentioned uh, your ADHD and how that you know plays a certain role or how you've used it uh, to play a certain role, I guess, within your business. Um, do you think that, because I know, uh, for example, autism, um, people with autism have been found to be really good at detail-oriented jobs like accounting because of, you know, uh, the way their mind works. Do you feel that uh, your ADHD has helped you focus on certain, on, on your business and how to, to run it or... Do you think it's it's been a, a hindrance, or I'm not sure that's the right word, but um, there's definitely pros and cons to it. Um, the ADHD, as as far as uh, you know, I I always considered it multitasking, but you know, you're not finishing the task at hand, and, and, and you know, things are a mess. Uh, you know, now that I'm I'm, I'm aware of it, uh, not to say there was an excuse before for being sloppy or anything like that, but uh, I, I'm now that for me that there's a label on it. 
it's, it's easier for me to actually be conscious of what's going on in my mind. So if I find myself saying, hey, you know, today's the day that I'm going to sit and I'm going to invoice, I'm going to work on my marketing and payroll. But during that time, I'm like, well, let me work on five designs. I'm, I'm able to catch myself a little bit more and say, you know what? This isn't like me brainstorming or multitasking. This this is me losing my way. Like I, I got to focus <laughs> on the guy. And, and that's the the downside of it is is you constantly have to be conscious and and find and, and see yourself doing that and nipping yourself in the butt and say, no, 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 no. So, you know, for me, what helped is actually being diagnosed with the ADHD helped me develop uh, the ability to make lists and, and stick to a schedule per day of what I'm going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then the weekends are usually play by day. Um, and, and that was something I never did. Um, and, and, and that always kicked me in the butt too, because, you know, self-doubt kicks in, especially when you deal with, you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD, self-doubt can be a kick in the ass. Um, and when you, you would set these goals and for some reason, I think a lot of entrepreneurs set these unrealistic goals of, of what you're going to achieve. And when you don't achieve them because your mind, especially for me, my mind's wandering everywhere. Uh, you look down, you say, what the hell am I doing? You, you know, like, like I didn't get anything done. I started 20 tasks. I didn't get one single friggin' thing done. Um, it's aggravating, you know, but being able to have that label on it and say, okay, I got to focus and I'm not going to let this control me. I'm going to finish my task. It is rewarding at the end of the day where, you know, you can check off everything on that list and, um, and know that you've actually succeeded in these small goals that you set for yourself each day. So I can't say that there's definitely a benefit or a con from it. It's, it's kind of in the middle. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's a really good way to describe it. It's, uh, you know, your examples that you use there. Um, you'd mentioned, obviously, um, that prior to the epiphany that you had, uh, you know, back in uh, uh, July, uh, two years ago, um, people around you were noticing or, or maybe bearing the brunt, if you like, um, of some of your, your, your swings, you know, your ups, downs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, running your own business um, and, you know, coping with mental health issues at the same time, did you find that added, say, additional stress uh, on family life than, say, if you weren't obviously coping with mental health issues or you were in a, a, a standard nine to five job versus running your own business? Well, I'd say, I'd say that it, it, uh, you're meaning so bef- before I had the epiphany, how I was dealing with, with the stresses of everyday life. Yeah, I mean, I just really, I, I guess, I know with myself, for example, uh, my wife suffers from mental health, as, as do I. And sometimes that can be uh, a tough thing when you're trying to, you know, run a family, run a household, etc. Um, but we don't have, like, we both work for other people. Um, so I was curious, as you mentioned, entrepreneurs put so much more pressure on themselves. Um, did that, you know, how did that play out for yourself and your family while you were building the business and still understanding that you had, you know, mental health issues that you, that you were battling? Um, it, it, it definitely added to the stress because, I mean, in hindsight, I really didn't have a plan. Um, you, you know, you you read all these, um, you know, motivational books and these these business coach books and, they, you know, they say they have a plan. But for a lot of people, and I want to say a lot of people in my industry, you get into this Usually, you know, when, when you're backed in the corner, it's the cheapest industry to get into. Uh, so you kind of run along. And we did the same thing. We signed up thinking, you know, we'd mow some lawns, we'd do some cleanups. It'll be simple. Um, but word of mouth really took off in that first year. And we grew so fast that we didn't have a time to really establish a fan. So a plan. So while I'm, you know, 
somewhat conscious of, you know, I I need to work on self-development and stuff, but I'm not really putting focus on it. I'm not paying attention to the stresses, the triggers around me. And I'm taking everything in and I'm not delegating at this point. And this is really unusual because before going to business myself, I've ran businesses. I've worked for corporations where I was high in higher positions. I've ran uh, automotive dealerships as operations managers. Um, but it's always different when it's not yours. You can close the door, drop your wrenches in your home for the day. Um, so I wasn't really paying attention to the triggers around me. So the added stress was getting to the point where I would be waking up with the sweats in the middle of the night. I was definitely jumpy. I was barking at the smallest things. Um I'll say my oldest, who's 14 now, uh, remembers me being uh, snappy over the smallest things. You, you know, like I'm trying to focus around a bill and, you know, someone would drop a cup and I'd lose my mind. Um, I'd say the focus of being conscious now and admitting to myself that, you know, there's issues and I have to focus and I have to figure myself out and, you know, lot, not let things consume me. And I think one of the biggest things for me in business was figuring out and and developing the ability to take the emotion out of business. And that's a lot of what I did is through the day, I would, you know, a bad phone call, I'd carry with that with me all day. Um, You know, my numbers were down for the quarter. I, you know, I'd I'd be flipping out. Um, And and it's good to be like that. So you're conscious of what your business is doing. But at the end of the day, you have to cut that cord and realize you don't take that with you. You know, we, I work in a home office. We're built in here. Um, We know once we leave this office, that's it, that it stays there. But even when dealing with customers at the moment, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty scripted now uh, for what we do where there's no emotion involved. In it. At the end of the day, these are just people that are looking for a service. Um, the same way you walk into Target and you see a cheaper item on Amazon, you buy it on Amazon, they take the emotion, you move on to the next. So um, taking the emotion out of business has definitely helped uh, me personally and professionally. Right. And, and how do you how do you do that? Because I know, like, like you mentioned, you're a, a very, you know, passionate person for your business how do you take the emotion how do you learn to take the emotion away and understand that it's not personal it is just a business decision was that um, did that come easy for you or was that a hard thing for you no, to god no god no so <laughs> so like i said in the i said in the last episode so i i grew up in boston and i i grew up in in like a an area and around people that uh, I don't know if I'm ever saying this, like you brushed everything under the rug and that buildup of emotion came out and it came out as aggression. And like a lot of men have, we come out, our emotions don't usually come out in tears. They come out in anger. We come out, we hit walls, we slam things, we raise our voices. And that was me to the fullest extent. And it didn't matter who you were. You could be a potential customer with a hundred thousand dollar job. If I didn't like your attitude, I was letting you know. And that was ignorant of me. But to, um, to say that it's easy, God, no. Uh, for me, at least, it wasn't easy. It was a lot of swallowing my pride, and there were definitely hiccups along the way. And, you know, if it came to a point where it was like, you know, uh, a customer fired us from a job or for a maintenance account, I would take that to heart and be like, why are we doing this? And that's where the self-doubt would come into play and say, you know, maybe I'm not meant for this. Maybe this isn't me. Maybe I need to go, you know, put my resume on Indeed and, and see if I can get another job managing someplace. Like, I'm not, I'm not meant for this. And you would go through this. I would constantly go through this cycle. And I think one day I just sat back and I said, well, why, don't, why, why not just be a friggin' robot? And, you know, obviously you you mingle. Part of it is, is you know, you kind of have to swab the customers in and let them know your personality. But at the end of the day, it's business. Whether you're going to spend the money with you or someone else. You have to sell it. You do the job. That's it. You move away. And you have to keep telling yourself, this is just business. At the end of the day, what really matters is what's at home. Right. And that's what I did for so long is I put so much emotion into the job and took it home with me and brought my home life back into work with me. I never had those those boundaries set. And um, that was a lot of it. Um, and on the personal side, 
of setting boundaries. That was one thing I never set for myself, for my wife and my family. We were all in each other's business. Um, we never had our alone time. And, and setting boundaries and, and guidelines for things at home in my personal life really helped me in the professional aspect um, where I could say, well, you know what, if I, if I give my wife her space and I do this, everybody's kind of last. Well, what if I do this and say, you know what, I'm not going to answer my phone at eight o'clock at night. I'm going to set my phone, my business line to ring from 7 a.m. to 5 a.m. And that's it. If you need to reach me, it's landscaping. There's there's no emergency involved in landscaping that you need to reach me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely tough. But but once you set these boundaries for yourself and you realize at the end of the day, um, it's just business. You know, it's not life or death with this. You know, we're not doctors. We're, we're, we're not lawyers. We're not medics. You know, it's... The, the seriousness kind of takes away from it. And uh, yeah, it definitely helped us out to set the boundaries. I, I think that's what I like about some of the new um, or the newer smartphones as well. They have these settings on them, you know, for like digital well-being um, to make sure that you're stepping away from screen time to, to really look after your mental health side. Um, oh, yeah, 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 I love that. Yeah, I noticed the the iPhone has it now where they can actually monitor. I actually set it for uh, for Instagram and Facebook, you know, once you hit, you know, maybe 30 minutes per day of social media time, it actually blocks you all. I mean, all you have to do is set the code, but it's, it's nice to, you know, you can, you can go back and actually read the data that, you know, you, you've been spending way too much time on the phone, you know, FaceTime yeah. for three hours and hold back away from that a little bit. Now we, we spoke earlier about the, uh, the industry and how, you know, we, we seem to see more, or there seems to be more people in the green industry talking about their mental health. Now I know on some of the Facebook groups, um, you have people um, like, uh, I can't remember his name now. That's really bad. But it's in the Long Care Legends uh, Facebook group, for example. There's a lot of discussions about uh, mental health and how you look after yourself, you know, in the stressed industry. What, what do you feel the um, the support networks like in your industry? Do green industry pros talk about it enough, or is it still something that that needs to be spoken about more? Or I, so I, I'm going to kind of categorize this, and I, and I know that the green industry and mental health and all isn't isn't directed just towards one demographic, but I'm going to speak in the male perspective on this because the green industry is predominantly male. Um, and I'm not taking away from females on this. I'm just speaking from a male's perspective because I've been trying to focus a lot on male mental health and masculinity, positive masculinity and, and all that. And I think that in the past year, there have been a few guys that have brought up uh, mental health. And I think it's definitely something that's more talked about. Um, but it's not so, you know, it's not so fluid to say it's just like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm in. There's different there's different types of depression. There's different types of um, lack of mental health um, that you have to watch out for. And, and, and part of the, you know, in the green industry, especially is, you know, you see a lot of guys on social media that will go on there. And it, it sounds crazy to believe as adults that you would look at another person and say, wow, well, that guy's got it going on. You know, what is he doing? He has sponsorships through manufacturers. He has a brand new truck, brand new trailer. Um, and I actually spoke with this on one of the uh, one of the affiliations I've had through PM. I've had people um, message me and it's, you, you know, you, you really can't look at what these people have on social media um, and, and take it to your own business. And, and one of the things that, that I did for the longest time, and this was not even realizing it, was I, I was in such a rush. And I think a lot of guys, um, if you're going to speak about, you know, entrepreneurship or green industry ownership, business ownership and, and, and lack of mental health. One of the things is you got to realize to set realistic guidelines and timelines. There is no race in business. 
Um, the, the one thing about the grain industry is that it is so lucrative. I mean, this is a $186 billion business. There's enough money to go around and there's not a race. Everybody takes it their own pace. Um, so I, I wish guys would really set that standard where, you know, let people know how long you've, you've taken to get where you are. You know, if you, not everybody's going to be, uh, you know, one year and one year success coming out the gate. Um, so set, set standard guidelines and make sure that you're expressing when you're talking about things that I think that's a big, big um, note to make is, is, you know, let people know that it takes time to, to get where you are, that, you know, you're going to go through these, um, these feelings of, of being down and in the right and, and self doubt. Um, but yeah, there are a few guys that have talked about it. I don't think that it's, it's very out there. I think that there is definitely a, uh, there's still a stigma on it in the green industry, especially when you get to the construction side of things, because, and, and I hate using the world, uh, what do they say? False masculinity. Right. Uh, you know, you still kind of have that aspect of it where it's like, you know, you're going to man up and let your balls drop and deal with it. But it, I feel like it's a, it's a different time. And I don't think that, that even employees, you know, this is a very demanding industry. Um, especially when you get into the landscape and the hardscape construction side of it, uh, deadlines are tough to meet. Uh, you know, if you have a bad run of, uh, weather, rain or snow, uh, it, it can definitely set you back. And I don't think that enough guys, uh, talk about stillness and reflection when you do this. And I think it's constantly go, go, go. Uh, the one thing that I do see a lot is the same guys that, and I'm not trying to finger point anybody here, but the same guys that I see talk about it. You know, you go back to two months ago, it's the 80, 90 hour a week grind. And, and I honestly think that's a crock of shit. Excuse my language for the podcast. <laughs> but, but that's one thing. And I used to be like that. And even before I got to the industry, I would work, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week grinding. And it's like at the end of the week, it was like, for what? Yeah. For what? To make someone else money. And, and, and even today, I go, why should I work, well, why should I work 80 hours a week? Because you know what? I, I like my time. You know, there's no reason that I can't in 40 to 50 hours a week figure out what I got to figure out to make a paycheck and to put some money in the bank. And if you're working 80 hours a week, and I get that, you're going to have time for you have to grind out. When are you going to have time to self-reflect and really like figure your thoughts out and have a moment of stillness? And, and I keep saying stillness because this is one thing that someone brought up to me. And they're like, Josh, when do you take that moment of stillness when you're out there, quote unquote, doing the grind 80 hours a week? And I'm like, well, you know, when I'm in my car and I'm like, no, 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 no. You're, you're not actually still. This is when you're not meditating, but at the point where you're just sitting on your on your um, your sofa and you're staring off into the wall and actually figuring out, mapping out your thoughts and, and what's going on with you. Because there may be underlining things that are going on with you. Maybe you're down. Maybe you're in self-doubt. Maybe there is a little hint of depression or maybe you're fine, but you're not taking that minute to figure thoughts out. And you're you're acting off impulse and just a, a, a trigger reaction to get an answer automatically. You know, the, the easiest way is to blame something or fall on the, the, the quickest result, you know, rather than figure things out. And I think a lot of guys, especially in my industry, need to take that moment of, uh, again, I hate the word self-care. <laughs> That's another thing. Um, but actually pay attention to your physical, mental health. Reflect on, you know, where you are, where you're going. Be appreciative of where you are. You know, things take time. And, and take those moments of stillness and really just blank out. And when I say stillness, I mean, shut the phone off, the wife, girlfriend, partner, whatever it is, kids go away and just reflect on your day. 10 minutes, just reflect on your day. And that's something I do every single day. Now I do it in the morning. If I'm up at 5am, I don't touch anybody, talk to anybody. I go right into my couch, I have my coffee and I just think. And at the end of the day, I try to do the same thing. I sit down and I really, you know, 
I take in what happened. If I have an argument with the wife, and I, you know, I don't want to address it then. I've learned not to, you know, act off impulse and try to come up with an area answer because I don't have to have one right then. If it's an argument with the customer, it's the same thing. And at the end of the day, I, I calm down and I come back and realize it's not that big of a deal. Right. And that's that kind of that leads into something I was going to ask you, actually. Um, and, and I love that moment of stillness. I think that's a great approach to take because, like you mentioned, there's so much pressure to do X, Y, Z, either in business, personal life, family, you know, peers, etc. Um, and we don't take that moment of stillness uh, and that quiet time to really reflect on the successes because often we, we're really good as a human race on beating ourselves up uh, and we don't do anywhere near enough to actually congratulate ourselves on some of the stuff we have pulled off. <laughs> so I, I really like that fact. And that kind of ties into what I was going to ask. I mean, based on your own lessons and experiences, and that you may have already answered it with your, you know, uh, with that, that quote you just came up with, or you just mentioned, sorry. What would be the one tip that you would give anyone uh, currently going through the same journey of trying to build a business or growing a business and running a business while, you know, coping with mental health issues. Is there one thing that you've learned from, say, the last five years of being in business, coupled with your own journey with mental health and your ongoing journey with that, that you would offer as advice to you know people that are maybe in the same situation but don't have the courage to recognize that or speak about it? Uh, you're ready. It's as simple as, as, like I said before, reflect. And I, I think people that deal with mental illness and, and are in business for themselves are constantly reaching for that next step. Like, you know, what's better? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Because, you know, in, in mental health, you, you know, sometimes the easiest thing is, you know, when something goes wrong, it's easier just to blame something for a simple answer, just just to get the simple answer. So it's over. Right. So if you take that moment and you really you really reflect on on your day, on your month, on your year and, and really just take it in and see where you are, you're going to realize that you're a lot further along in life in the journey of entrepreneurship than you realize and people are constantly looking for the next step. But, you know, we, we do this, you know, we go out to work for ourselves to, for freedom, whether it's financial freedom or it's work life quality. Mine was a little bit of both, but now I'm realizing that, you know, the, the work life balance and the family time outweighs the, the money, you know, of course it's great to, to make tons of money. Who doesn't want money? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's what we do, but at the same time, you have to look back and reflect on where you are. And what you've done. And there's no, this invisible timeline and race that we set for ourselves. You need to get rid of that. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a millionaire by the time you're 30 or 25, or if you got $500 in your bank account at 40, you know, it's, it's never too late to, to correct your steps and look back. But if you're constantly reflecting and, and taking these moments of stillness and stillness and actually thinking about your thoughts and putting them through the ringer, you, you're going to realize that, Hey, I, I'm happy with where I am. It's, it's a lot easier right. to actually pay attention to the day to day rather than just going, well, this year sucked because X, Y, and Z didn't happen. But you know what? A, B, C, D, F, G also happened and they were positive. Right, exactly. And I like to say, I mean, X, Y, Z, fair enough, that doesn't happen, but that's three letters of the alphabet. You've got another 23 to play with, so. Exactly. <laughs> oh, good. So, Josh, I mean, this is, again, a, another illuminating chat, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences, you know, with our listeners. It's uh, it's always, you know, welcome. Um, where can people, because I know you now run your own podcast, where can people find you online to, A, listen to your podcast, and B, you know, just check out online? 
Uh, on the podcast, it's the We Skate Podcast. You can find me on Apple and Anchor. Um, you can find me on Instagram at jcurry, J-A-Y-C-U-R-R-I. Awesome. And I'll be sure to drop all these links into the show notes. So if people were looking for, you know, direct links, you can find them in the show notes. Okay. So again, Josh, like I said, I really appreciate you jumping on the show today. Um, I think there's been some really good takeaways for listeners to, you know, whether it's on growing a business, running a business, dealing, you know, with that while growing a family and also obviously dealing with mental health issues. I think there's a lot of strong takeaways for people to take today. So I really appreciate it, Josh. Can I throw one more thing in there before we mm. hang up on this? Yeah, podcast? for sure. And, and I'm going to push this a little bit on my uh, on my green industry pages. And the one thing I want to leave everybody with here is, you know, we uh, I talk a lot on a lot of the platforms a lot about about having your your co- uh, your team in place. And your team doesn't have to be inside your company, but it also involves like your accountants, your attorneys, your your tax professionals. Um, and, and one thing that I'll push that's helped for me is I, I consider my therapist or my group of who I talk to outside of the green industry. That's part of my team. So, you know, my therapy, as far as like I said, I've been on kind of a hiatus from it right now because I'm trying to break and try to figure out my own thoughts and see where I am as far as therapy. I think that that's a very essential tool when you're owning a business, at least for this industry, is having someone outside of your industry, whether it's a mental health professional or a mentor to speak with and talk to about all aspects of life, not just business. Because you do need to vent it out. And we're not all Hercules. We need to be able to get these thoughts out. And, and this isn't, you know, calling anybody a wuss or saying you need a pillow to cry on or a shoulder to cry on. But sometimes you do, figuratively. Um, have that person a person in your toolbox, in your team. No, that is solid advice. And I would agree 100%. Um, I know from my own point of view, having someone that wasn't going back to your uh, statement about stepping away emotionally and making you know looking at from a say a professional angle or a like a a third party angle if you like completely agree that that's excellent advice josh for sure definitely all right guys well this has been another episode of life through a dram i hope you enjoyed it and like i say i'll be dropping all the details about where you can find josh uh, to listen to the podcast and just connect with him online in the show notes um if you're enjoying the show be sure to leave a review you can leave it really easily on ratethispodcast.com forward slash dram and that'll show you how to leave a review on your favorite podcast channels until the next time guys take care speak soon and shalom This has been Life Through a Dram. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You've been listening to Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes to help others find the show too. And we'll see you the next time on Podcaster Stories.